Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Whenever I know I am preaching, I will usually take a peek at the readings a couple of weeks out, especially the gospel lesson. When I first read our gospel appointed for this fifth Sunday in Lent, it was two weeks ago after the five o'clock service. I had just finished preaching at that service and I was turning off the lights in my office when I decided to open up my laptop computer again and see what was on tap for this Sunday. The reason I look at the readings so far in advance is for no other reason than curiosity. What text will I be preaching about next? I have been told by the creator of the preaching schedule, who shall remain anonymous, but whose name rhymes with Hen Bobertson, I have been told that he doesn't look at the gospel readings when assigning the rota. And since he is a jolly good fellow, I take his word for it. But I want to be well prepared ahead of time, nonetheless, for when I am assigned to preach on such wonderful, heartwarming topics as the beheading of John the Baptist, or when I am assigned to give some sort of reassurance on Jesus' teaching about divorce and adultery. Though merely for curiosity's sake, I do take a look at the readings in advance to see if anything sticks out initially. Most of the time, I will read the gospel lesson many times over in preparation for writing a sermon. However, our gospel lesson today was different. The only time I read it was two weeks ago after the five o'clock service, which I have already mentioned. And the truth be told, I could have read the first two verses and nothing more. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. This is what stuck out to me. This is what I have been thinking about since leaving my office Sunday evening two weeks ago. Over and over again, these past two weeks, I have returned to these first two verses 
and specifically, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. What does it mean? I had many questions over the course of these two weeks. Most of them have gone unanswered or at least have a number of answers to choose from. My questions were those that biblical scholars have asked for centuries and have argued about for centuries and have attempted to answer valiantly. What does it mean that they wish to see Jesus? That they want to meet with Him? If so, what for? Obviously, they knew of His widespread reputation and they knew exactly who to ask in order to get in touch with Jesus. I wonder, was one of them sick and in need of Jesus' healing touch? Were they entertaining the idea of becoming one of his disciples? Did they perhaps know inside information about the plot to kill Jesus and wished to warn him? Or were they merely curious? Curious to lay eyes on the person who had raised a dead man to life. Perhaps they were like the main character in Gerd Tyson's book, The Shadow of the Galilean. The Shadow of the Galilean is a historical account of the life and times in which Jesus lived. The main character, himself a Jew, is tasked by the Roman government to keep his eyes out for any uprisings or insurrections among the Jewish people and to report back to the Roman government. Of course, with his popularity rising, Jesus was a main focus as someone who could possibly incite the Jewish people and make an attempt to overthrow the Roman government. After this main character is enlisted as a spy by the Romans, he attempts to collect as much information as possible about Jesus. So he follows Jesus around Galilee. And though he follows Jesus around Galilee, he never actually lays eyes on him. He never sees him. He always arrives in places and times where Jesus has been a two or day late, thus always being in the shadow of the Galilean. Perhaps these Greeks in question had also been in search for Jesus for some time and could never quite meet up with him. We hardly know anything about them, just that they were Greek, just that they wanted to see Jesus. We do not know the rest of the story. We do not know if they were ever able to see Jesus. They are made mention in these few verses, then they disappear from the stage completely. Why is this so important that the writer of John feels compelled to make a quick mention of it? Why does this event... This one event began Jesus' passion. After the Greeks inquire about Jesus, his public ministry abruptly ends and his passion begins. This gospel lesson is well placed here on this fifth Sunday in Lent. For a week from now on Palm Sunday, we will hear the passion according to Mark. But what is it about some Greeks? Why them? Why is it that Jesus knows the hour has come when they wish to see Him? There have been so many chances and missed opportunities for His hour to come. 
You may recall an episode a few weeks ago when Jesus had an episode in the temple and he went crazy. That would have been a great time for his hour to come. Throughout John's gospel, he and the Jewish authorities exchange fighting words. Those tense moments, they would have been a perfect time for his hour to come. So why now? Why this seemingly unimportant event? Why this seemingly unimportant people? Some Greeks, they weren't even Jews. What is it about these Greeks wanting to see Jesus that lets him know his hour has come? Last week we heard that well-known verse, John 3.16. You probably know it by heart. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him may not perish but may have life eternal. God did not only give His Son for a few or a select chosen. He gave His Son for the whole world, for all peoples, for Jews and Gentiles alike. In John's Gospel, seeing Jesus means believing. In Jesus. When these Greeks, who were not Jews but Gentiles, wished to see Jesus, they wished to believe in him. Sir, we want to believe in Jesus. It is at that moment when the Gentiles wished to believe in him that Jesus knew his time had come to destroy death for the whole world, not just for a few, but for many, for all not just for Jews, but for Gentiles as well. One biblical commentary said the coming of these Greeks to believe in Jesus is so theologically important that the writer of John never tells us that they got to see Jesus. That is beside the story and doesn't really matter. What is the story? What does matter is who these Greeks are. They are Gentiles. They are you and me. They are no mere representation of us as Gentiles. They are no mere symbol of us as Gentiles. They are us. We are Gentiles. And like these Gentiles, we wish to believe in Jesus. It is in that moment of our belief that Jesus knew His time had come to die for us, for all of us, the whole world. On Palm Sunday next week, you will be spared. You will not hear a sermon because the reading of Christ's passion always speaks for itself. As we make our pilgrim way to the cross and ultimately to an empty tomb, remember that Jesus died for you. Bring with you nothing but yourself to the foot of that cross. Jesus wants nothing of you but yourself. Remember that Jesus rose from the dead for you. Bring with you nothing but yourself to that empty tomb. Jesus requires nothing of you but yourself. Let us journey to the cross. Let us journey to that empty tomb. In His infinite love and mercy, see what our mighty God has done for you. Yes, you. Amen. Amen.